Hello, all, and welcome to Wake Up With Marcy, a show of hope and inspiration. I want to wish all of the moms out there a happy Mother's Day. Enjoy tomorrow. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I have healed through my depression and have been in recovery since 2016. For this reason, it has become my passion and mission to help others struggling. And because of this, I wrote my memoir, Chaos to Clarity, Seeing the Signs and Breaking the Cycles, ranked number one new release in the 12-step genre on Amazon. In the book, I share my story of trauma, addiction, and recovery to help you, the reader. I want to meet you where you are in your healing process. You don't have to do this alone, and we all deserve to live a happy life. Now let's hear about my incredible guest. We first get inspired by writer, producer, director, and actor, Albert Daba. He shares with us what inspired him to write the touching film, Extra Innings on Amazon. Next, Wake Up honors Women's Health Awareness Month with reality star Kirsten Jordan from the Bravo series, Million Dollar Listing NYC, along with Dr. Christina Burns, author of The Ultimate Fertility Guide. Kirsten shares with us her own story of infertility, the methods she has tried, and how the Dr. Burns method has changed her life. Lastly, we learn about men's style with Dimitri Tuxer, CEO of LGFG Fashion House. He is famous for dressing business leaders, professional athletes, and celebrities like Alice Cooper and Jordan Peterson. Now let's meet our guest and move towards a life of happiness. I now sit down with actor, producer, and director, Albert Daba. Welcome to the show. Great to have you. you. Thank you so much. Nice to be here. So you have an incredible story, and you wrote a screenplay, uh, Extra Innings. Yes. What inspired you to write this story? Well, uh, there was a lot of things that inspired me. One of them was I lost my brother uh, at age 18. Uh, he took his life, mm-hmm. and then later on in in the years, um, about uh, fifteen years later, my older sister also took her life. Mm-hmm. And but it was even at the time that my brother died, I decided to write uh, a script. Uh, I took my time writing it. I wrote it over many years, but then when my sister passed, I really said, I got to get this done. Mm-hmm. And she was very supportive of it at the time. I never thought I would be writing about her taking her life as well. Mm-hmm. So it's really about the whole family unit and based on my own story within the unit. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about you and your story and and the message that you're wanting to get out. Yeah. Um, my dream was to be a professional baseball player. Like many kids' dreams, yeah. you know, if you have something you love. But you were really baseball. good at it. I was really good at baseball, yeah. and that was the thing I loved most. Mm-hmm. In school, I just had a dream about playing ball. And um, it was something that my parents were not into because it was playing. I grew up in a very religious, orthodox family, and now I'm playing with kids from all over. Mm-hmm. And But I used to love it. I mean, I'll never forget, like, when we had playoff games and big games, and we'd do this star-spangled banner before the game. We'd line up and take our hats off. And as being a Jewish, orthodox Jew, I it was the other way around. You'd keep your yarmulke on. Mm-hmm. And, 
but I felt really American, <clears throat> which um, I felt proud. Let's talk about also the fact that you didn't pursue the dream of baseball, but you did decide to become a therapist and help others. So why was that important for you? It was important for me because I saw what loss can do. Uh, after my sister passed, um, but even before then, mm -hmm. but that made it really, I, I looked at my parents, uh, and I'll forget when they, we were burying her, and I kept, how does it feel for them? Mm -hmm. I know what it felt like for me, but how does it feel for them to lose uh, two children? And uh, yeah. it was devastating. My yeah. father right away uh, had kidney failure and heart failure. Mm. I ended up getting married in the hospital because they said he might not, you know, I was supposed to get married. And, and, um, and he lived another year and a half. And I really felt like uh, it helped him, you know, live yeah. on a little bit longer. Right. So... Um, I think helping people was something that, because I always felt like I was helping my brother as well. My mm -hmm. mother used to always say to me, go speak to your brother, go speak to your brother. He spent most of his time in his room listening to classical music, reading classical literature. Mm -hmm. And when she would leave, and my father was away for like four to six months a year on business, mm. and we were the only ones left in the house. Uh, my other sisters were married, and mm -hmm. so I would go there, and I always felt like, okay, let's have a conversation. And he would talk baseball mm -hmm. but about the old baseball players okay. he was like living in the past yeah yeah and I would say well what about Mickey Mantle now what about them and he wasn't interested he was just interested in in the uh, you know the past so let's talk about mental health mm -hmm. because right now with us you know getting through the pandemic the changes that have been forced upon us and the difficulties in our families and and, and for our children and our teens, I mean, there's so much depression and mental health and, you know, suicide is up like 300% in teens. Um, and like what, from your experience and also from your education, like what can we do to help ourselves to move out of this despair that we we feel that we're in because we can move through it. Yeah. It's just how do we find the hope to do that? Well, I think there's there's no one easy answer to that. Um, I think it really depends on the person and what they're going through. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of people who feel like um, you know you have to go around smiling all the time and mm -hmm. and you know fake smiling and um, stuff like that. But I, it's really a an inward thing of what someone is going through. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like when Robin Williams died, it really. I mean, I loved him mm -hmm. as you know, and I know he had some medical issues and all that. Right. But. Um, you know, people don't really fake depression. It's there. Yeah. And uh, I think it's under uh, very uh, being able to empathize. I think is one of the most important things to help people to just listen mm -hmm. to what they're saying. When you wrote this film, did that help you? Was it cathartic for you? It was immensely cathartic for me. Mm -hmm. uh, it was. Um, 
Because I, I was trying to get someone to write it at first. Mm -hmm. I had met in my business a lot of celebrities who had writers and directors and all that. And one of them, one of the uh, top producers, I gave him an outline that I had. Mm -hmm. And he came back to me, he read it, and he said, um, Albert, you should write it. Mm. It could be great, it could be terrible, it all yeah. depends on you. You should write it, don't get right. anyone else to write it. And I did. And um, I'll never forget when I wrote The End, after many years mm. of writing it, yeah. I was, uh, uh, had an iPad and I was on the beach in Florida. Mm -hmm. And I went up to the, uh, to the ocean and I stood there. And I felt, it was the most amazing thing, I felt all the characters get up and bow. Oh, wow. It was like, I couldn't believe like, wow. it. Was, it was wonderful. That's incredibly um, moving. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I want to say about, I, I called the film Extra Innings, and originally I had another title that I never liked. And I took this, um, I studied acting as well, and I took this one seminar with a wonderful man named Sam Christensen, who passed not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just about eight of us in a class, and it was learning how to know who you are, mm -hmm. how you presented yourself as an actor. And um, he gave me a big hug at the end. He was this big, strong, tall guy. And he said to me at the end of the four days, it was pretty intensive, a seminar. And uh -huh. he said, don't let anyone ever stop you do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And he knew about my life. Mm -hmm. And one day I just thought of this term extra innings from baseball, which means there's hope. Because mm -hmm. baseball is not regulated on time. It's basically like goes that. on until someone wins. And right. you're not, um, you know, like other sports, which I love as well, are regulated by time. Right. Uh, correspondingly, which is interesting on baseball right now, they're trying to make the game shorter mm. so people would be more interested. Yeah. But I told a story during this uh, time that when I was um, um, 12 years old, I went to a doubleheader. Uh, a Mets uh, Giants, even though I was a Yankee fan, I, mm -hmm. I loved baseball. And there was, was the first game, went nine innings. Seven game, second game went 23 innings. Mm -hmm. So that's a mm -hmm. long day. And I'm only 12 years old, and I, had, I left early. I got home just in time to see the end, but I was there. Incredible. And I, 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 to it me, it just, was the best. Yeah, and it just, that's right. And it doesn't actually end until it's over. Yeah. And we all have the capacity to win and have this incredible life. So where can we find you? I know you're helping others through your therapy and your, and your grief therapy also, which is so important right now, and, yeah. and the film. Yeah. Well, I'm on uh, Facebook right now on uh, Albert Dabba Life Coaching. Mm -hmm. um, I also have my um, production company, which is called Simba Productions. Okay. Uh, based in New York City. Uh-huh. And um, so people can find me there. Okay. And the film can be found on Amazon and Peacock and YouTube and Amazing. Google Play. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Just type it in, right, and you'll find it. Yeah. It'll come yeah. up. So, yes. Albert, thank you so much for coming on Wake Up With Marcy and sharing your story and, and helping others. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, really nice to be here today. Wonderful. All right. After the break, we get educated and inspired with reality star Kirsten Jordan from the Bravo series Million Dollar Listing NYC. She shares with us her own story of infertility, the methods she has tried, and what actually helped her.
We will now meet reality star Kirsten Jordan from the Bravo series, Million Dollar Listing, New York City, and Dr. Christina Burns. Welcome to the show. Thanks Thank for having you so us. Much. It's so great to have you guys. And, and to talk about something that affects so many. I mean, I, th- I believe in the United States, infertility uh, affects 10 to 15% of couples. Uh, is, is that is that correct, Dr. Burns? <laughs> I think that's yeah, right. It's very prevalent. They say one in six to one in eight couples. Um, it seems to be uh, rising, actually. Mm, it's it's incredible. And and Kirsten, this is something that that you went through. And I'd love to know how infertility affected you emotionally. Well, I was really fortunate because of the fact that I found Dr. Burns after only a year of actually, you know, trying and realizing that I was probably going to need to get some sort of assistance. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, emotionally, you know, I'm a super strong personality and I'm very, very determined. I thought when I met Dr. Burns that I lived a really clean lifestyle and it turns out I wasn't living as clean as I thought. And I was able to learn so much from her. And of course, we went on a journey together of everything between her techniques and then of course Chinese herbs were involved, acupuncture, everything. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was, you know, wow, this is I was in my late twenties. I thought there's no reason I should have to go through IVF. I'm too young for this. And so I thought with time on my side, I'm going to be really, really headstrong and I'm gonna go the natural way no matter what. And 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 Christina's been my partner in this now ever since. Dr. Burns, let's talk about your book. Why was why did you write your book? Why was it so important? So I've been seeing people for about two decades going through this infertility journey, and it's so traumatizing. They feel so disempowered, lacking confidence, um, and needing support and guidance. And uh, Kirsten was an amazing uh, person to work with because she was so determined. She was ready to take on the world to really get the results. And what I wanted to do is that it's with all the conversations that I've been having over the years with patients, they wanted to know about nutrition. They wanted to know what herbs to take. They wanted to know what vitamins, how to get pregnant, how to make this happen. Mm -hmm. And I figured with the book, it was a way to help more women get to where they wanted to be. um, You know, instead of me having to see everybody one-on-one to guide them through the program. Incredible. So Kirsten, how long did it take you to get pregnant? after you started working with Dr. Burns? I I worked with Dr. Burns for a little over a year before I got pregnant. And I think we were, we started herbs. I started her with her in the early spring and we started herbs in the fall. And then the herbs were what helped me get my period back. Cause I had no period. I, I had, it was almost over a year that I had no, wow. no cycle. And you can't try if you don't have a cycle, that's not trying. That's just like, you know, completely mm-hmm. hopeless. And so that's what we needed to get back. And I think what I love about the book is I leafed through the book and I was reading it and I was thinking, not only would this have been fun to have when I was going through my journey, but I like this book for now. I have no interest in having more children, but the hormonal piece and what that does for your brain, Uh, for your brain, for your productivity, for your energy, for everything is so important. And, And Christine and I are in constant contact anyway that it was just like another, a fun book to have when I'm awake at three o'clock in the morning and trying to figure out what to do. I don't have to call Christina. I can look through the book because the answers are there. 
how many children did you have using Dr. Burns' method? Well, definitely at least two. I think the third was just we, Christine had done such a great job to turn me into like this super, (laughs) I don't know what we want to call it, you know, online here. But it, it was, it was definitely, definitely, you know, at least two of them. That's where we would use the herbs and we'd use the timing and everything together. Um, and, and honestly, now I still use all of these methods to just feel good and have a regular cycle and, and, and live my life. So Dr. Burns, well, these herbs and all, do they, they help women just to basically run at our highest function? That's essentially it. Uh, you know, with Kirsten, it was a matter of, it took a little while just to return her hormones because she was born with a predisposition to having very low hormone levels and her cycle was basically turned off. So once we were able to turn it back on, it, it was like a system reset. And then she was able to go on and have more babies kind of thing. And the same thing will happen with perimenopause, menopause. Um, if we can support it naturally, acupuncture, herbs, proper nutrition, we get the body to calm down and you stop having the unpleasant side effects of these hormonal transitions. Incredible. So Kirsten, I want to shift gears a little bit. Tell us a little bit about Million Dollar Listings NYC. How has that been for you and how many seasons have you been on? I was on one full season of Million Dollar Listing New York. I did season nine. It was, it took them about seven seasons to find a woman. And um, we filmed for 18 months to film, um, to, to bring you season nine of, of Million Dollar Listing New York. Right now, um, we're on a pause as far as what the next season's going to be. A couple of the cast members have moved on to do other things. And so I've been doing some other appearances and just focusing on my day job, which is selling real estate all day, every day, and being a mom to three children and, and, a, and a wife. So Dr. Burns, where can we find you? And Kirsten, also, where can we find you? I run a wellness institute in New York City called the Naturna Institute. You can find us online at naturnalife.com. I also run a line of herbal medicine. This is part of what helps Kirsten and I and others take on the world. Uh, It's called Junk Juice because it looks like a murky beverage. Uh, And that can be found at junkjuicemagic.com. Same handles for Instagram at Dr. Christina Burns at Junk Juice Magic at Eternal Life. I love it. And how about you, Kirsten? I can be found on Instagram at Kirsten.Jordan. And then I have a website, which is KirstenJordan.com, where I have a lot of blog content and um, inspirational content for, uh, for entrepreneurs and real estate agents. I know you, you really have such a great path in life and you are helping so many And just the strength that you were talking about earlier, a lot of women need to be told it's okay and and to be able to move forward and be confident with that. So I know you're helping a lot of women out there do that. So continue. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing your message and your story and for what you're doing, Dr. Burns. So thank you again for coming on Wake Up With Marcy. Thank you for having us. When we come back, we will learn about men's style with Dimitri Tuxer, CEO of LGFG Fashion House. I will now speak with Dimitri Tuxer, 
CEO at LGFG Fashion House. Welcome to the show, Dimitri. Thanks for having me, Marcy. Appreciate it. So let's talk about why you decided to start a fashion brand. Okay, that's a that's a question that probably I get more than any other question, um, because for the most part, um, when I've interacted with people that have started or tried to start a fashion brand, they're more creative, sort of artistic types, and that's that's not my background. My background in school is uh, business and computer science, mm-hmm. and so this was kind of a an odd direction to take. It was more of a logical decision because I had come from a background in sales. So during university and and just after university, I worked in sales and I liked it. I enjoyed meeting people. I enjoyed meeting successful people, especially when I got to sell to C-level executives and starting a bespoke suit company uh, seemed like a pretty sensible way to meet C-level executives because that's the market for bespoke suits. And so it aligned with a, it aligned with the ability to, to be selling a product or service. It aligned with the ability to meet successful people, which was something that was on my, on my list of things that needed to be fulfilled for me to, you know, as, as I first saw it, to be happy and successful in my career. And also, I wanted to be in a business that could move cross-border easily, meaning that if it was like real estate or insurance, you know, those things need special licenses and are quite, quite married to the territory you're working in, but I wanted to be country agnostic. And so I had this delusional idea that I could start a fashion company and potentially grow it to sell cross-border. And that delusion thankfully came true. Yeah. So tell us what makes your product so unique. I mean, so you are creating beautiful suits for these executives. What makes them unique? Well, ask uh, Jordan Peterson or Alice Cooper. I mean, they'll tell you the same thing, but um, so product differentiation in a, in a, in a product like bespoke suits, it's difficult to achieve because clients can't see it for themselves. They can feel it. Right. Mm-hmm. And usually when you put on a garment of like a, a very expensive garment, a very high quality garment, you don't really get to enjoy the feeling of that quality until many years after you've purchased it. You know, I have suits in my wardrobe that are 10, 11, 12 years old and they look perfect. And it's like, why do they look perfect? Well, one example would be, uh, most manufacturers now move towards fast fashion. So they're mm-hmm. looking for a uh, quick turnover and, and a quick buck, not us. So for example, the chest pieces in our suits, whereas most manufacturers now, you know, when a chest piece is constructed, it's pressed together into, uh, into what goes inside the garment and manufacturers now will press that garment into the, into the jacket, glue it in. And the suit looks and feels fantastic for about six months. And then it starts to lose its shape. Uh, we still make our chess pieces in Italy. We're one of the few last companies to do so. We still use a combination of real horsehair in our canvases. So it's being made the same way for the last several, several hundred years. We don't oven bake our chess pieces after they've been pressed together. Uh, in order to get the moisture out, we hang them in a room for 24 hours, controlled for 8% humidity, uh, which allows the chess piece to take a more natural shape and then adjust to the client the more they wear the garment. So the reason a lot of our clients have stuck with us for over a decade, really since when we started, is we did lead the market and continue to lead the market in what we believe is the best product on the market today. One other example real quick. I recently talked to an owner of a bespoke suit store, and he held one of our garments, and he said, I'm, he said why is this chess piece in there so light? He said, you know, I'm not used to that. I said, well, because we actually use a graded system for chest pieces in our garments that are going to be contingent upon the level 
and the weight and the stretchability of the cloth that we're using for the garment. Mm -hmm. So a suit for the same client, if he buys it in five or six different fabrics, it would have a different weight and construction of chest piece inside to coincide with the weight and the stretchability of the fabric itself. I see, I see. So tell us what it's been like to work with so many celebrities. Yeah, that's just been awesome. So, uh, you know, I have Peterson and Cooper behind me because they're guys that are wearing our stuff. You know, this was one of the most viral suits, maybe the most viral suit ever is that heaven and hell two color suit that uh, Dr. P wears. And, and he's just, he looks fantastic in it. Mm -hmm. It's one of the 12 suits that we made for him and the 12 suits for life collections, we called it. Um, you know, spending time with, with him has been remarkable because he's really smart and just absorbing that energy. It has to go for, for something. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the coolest experiences of my life was taking my family uh, and my video crew down to Hawaii to film with Alice Cooper. And that was like three to four hours just alone in a room with Alice Cooper. Incredible. You know, he's putting on, yeah. yeah, he's putting on different suits. He's trying different suits. But for me, it's not about the suits because I'm asking him about his music. I'm asking about his relationship that he had with John Lennon, with Elvis. You know, those are the people that he hung out with. You know, we're, we're in a room and Johnny Depp's guitar is like right next to us because Johnny keeps a guitar permanently in this house because they mm -hmm. play in a band together. Mm -hmm. That was a remarkable experience. Uh, well, Dim Dimitri, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. Bye. What a great show. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. I want to thank my guests, director and actor Albert Daba. Reality star Kirsten Jordan from the Bravo series Million Dollar Listing NYC and Dr. Christina Burns and Dimitri Tuxer, CEO of LGFG Fashion House. I hope you will stay in touch with me over the week on social media and remember to be kind to yourself and kind to others. All right, guys. See you next weekend.